Hello and welcome to Clean Beauty Asia's podcast. I'm your host, Ali Rook. This interview series is a collection of conversations with people who operate, support and facilitate beauty brands doing business in Asia. My aim is to provide valuable insights and information to make your beauty brand's transition into Asia as smooth and successful as possible. This first series is dedicated to cross-border e-commerce in China, and I really hope you find it valuable. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to this episode of my interview series. Today I have Linda and Ching from Red Ant Asia. They both have a huge amount of knowledge and experience with the Chinese market and bringing international brands to the market from a marketing perspective. They work with an impressive client list from Charlotte Tilbury, Supergroup, Hourglass, Creed, and many more brands, um, both in beauty and in other categories. The thing that I really wanted to talk to them today about is about naming. Um, so Linda and Ching, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, Ailey. Yeah, pleasure. So naming for Chinese names for foreign brands is something that I'm personally very much in favor of. And I always talk to my clients about how important it is, but not all brands choose this path when they come into China. So I thought it would be great to, first of all, ask you, why does a foreign brand need a Chinese name? Okay, so um, to answer this question, because there are a number of reasons, um, but first and foremost, uh, let's get back to the linguistic roots. Um, let's see, like Chinese language, this is like belongs to the Sino-Tibetan uh, family. And this system is different, like very, very different from the Germanic or Latin uh, system. So Chinese people, they are very limited in acquiring information that you know most Western brands uh, carry. Um, that's why we see. Um, plus, there's a global trend. You know, like Western brands now, they also play. They uh, when they do do naming, they play with words and maybe invent new words. Mm -hmm. So this makes it even more complicated. Um, so as marketers, sometimes we don't even know how to pronounce or understand a word when we first, uh, you know, first launch the brand, not uh, let alone, you know, normal consumers. Mm. Um, so that's a obstacle for them to get to know the brand. Mm. Um, that's, that's, I think, the most important reason. Yeah, the pronunciation and also the, the memory recall, right? Like for consumers to be able to remember what the brand's called so they can go back and search for it or um, they can tell their friends about it. Yeah, and I think that's something that I've seen. Also, um, for example, when you look at Taobao searches and you can see that for most brands that have a Chinese name, the search volumes on Taobao under the Chinese name are much, much larger than what they use, what the English names are. So that, that's a, obviously it, people, as you said, people feel much more comfortable if they have, um, if they have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, 
that that's also related to the second point that I want to mention is the market is so competitive these days with thousands of imported brands launching in China every year. Um, so brands really need to stand out uh, loud and clear. Um, so with memorable and unique names, they, that saves tons of marketing budgets. Um, so um, I think with a Chinese name ready, brands are arms open you know, to all audience. So no matter age, uh, gender or education backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Very important, very important. Yeah. And, I mean, what do you think are some key considerations for, for you when you're helping brands come up with um, Chinese names? What are the main things that you, you sort of focus on? Hmm. I will let Ching answer this question. <laughs> Um, we would take our starting point always from what the brand want to express in this Chinese names. So most directly would be um, what is expressed in this English name. Do we want to enhance, reinforce some of the message within? Um, but also sometimes including the product features, how it's developed, the company values, that, that is something that stands out in the Chinese market um, that differentiated from competitor brands. Um, most of the uh, Chinese names we would um, uh, we would imagine most of the Chinese they would be used together or in supplement with its English names. Um, but also sometimes the if the pr pronunciation or the spelling of the foreign names is rather complicated, the Chinese name would be designed in a way to take the major place for the consumers to understand a brand. So that like the uh, situations of usage, how we expect it to be placed in the market. It's also an important factor that we need to take in when creating these Chinese names. So um, what we would do is to list out a few the priorities, um, like how uh, we want to play these Chinese names, how to have it reflect or imply the meanings from those wordings. Um, and in the then like when we are kind of like testing, practicing the creation of the names, uh, what we really um, would take into consideration is um, the tone, like how we express from this language. Um, this is related to the target audience in China, um, like how we speak, how we connect to them. Um, this, and it's, it's something that when we are co like constituting the Chinese words, um, how to, how it's perceived by the um, by the target audiences that will um, that that will attend to this name. Um, so that 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 would be a process that we explore uh, the names from different approaches. So um, like when we look at these border questions, we wouldn't define which approach that we go ahead. It could be phonetics, semantic, or from the contextual meanings of the brand. Um, but it would be the two um, main considerations that we're starting from when creating these names. Yeah, I think there are like a couple of really important points in there. First, that you said about how the Chinese name is used in conjunction with the, um, the brand's oh, own Western yeah. name, because yeah. I think that's something that brands get a bit worried about. They're like, okay, in China, I'm just going to be known by my Chinese name, but it's not the case at all. It's about putting them side by side each other. It's really, to your point at the beginning, Linda, it's just helping consumers recognize the brand. 
So it helps um, maximize marketing dollars, helps all that just sort of smooths things along in terms of in terms of search and discovery. So I think that's a that's a really important point for brands to to realize that it's not taking over your 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 normal global name. It's just introduction. Yeah. And then a couple of things there that you pointed out about your different ways of um, approaches to it. So you've obviously got the um, these the remind me again the three approaches that you use phonetic it's like uh, the pronunciation of names is really close in between the english and chinese um or it could be semantic sem it's like from the meanings that expressed in the foreign names how it's translated into the chinese ways and we would also take into other considerations like the company values or how the products different from the others approach so that would be the contextual of the brand, how it stands in the market. But it wouldn't be like a one-way approach for each name. It could be a mixed play. And also because Chinese name is just, say, two of two to four characters. So um, like what we are trying to do is to create kind of like um, adding different perspectives that consumers could see through the lens of those few characters in Chinese and to get a more um, tangible imaginations of the brands that are going to explore. Yeah, and that is something that's so amazing with the Chinese language because each character can be packed full of so much meaning and then a character in conjunction with another character can be can mean something different again so I think that's you know in a way you can get much more meaning about the brand from two or three characters in Chinese that anyone even a native English speaker can get from an English name right like you just so I think that's a that's an amazing piece of when when we've done projects on it together it's such an interesting process to see to see how, what you can pack into into a couple of characters. Um, yeah, exactly. It's the magic of the language, but sometimes it also, there's a good side and a bad side of, of it. For example, when we do, like when, um, like um, the perceptions of a name could be very different when you ask different peoples. Um, and it's really common because the language, like, as you said, each character, it could have different meanings, multiple meanings um, behind it when it works with different names, a different other, goes together with other words. So I would say there's, there wouldn't be a perfect name that everyone loves it when they first see it. Mm. It's just like how strong the message we want to pack into those names. And it's also like when we want to create names that have a, longer lifespan for like it could be something that when the consumers get to experience the product they they gradually feel it's a great fit the name is a good good fit to it mm -hmm. and uh, it helps them to build a long-term good impression on the brand yeah yeah absolutely absolutely so apart from um, people's feedback maybe being maybe differing when when you sort of test out the names what are some other big or well, not big but some other problems that you run into when you're doing these names well that's uh that's a question related to what you uh just introduced you know there are different approaches to the naming process right uh phonetic semantic and contextual, etc. Um, so I think the initial thinking in light with your marketing strategy or China strategy is really key. Um, that, that initial thinking process 
you can't really skip that part and go directly into naming. So some brands, they, they just simply ask for as many you know, uh, names as possible. <laughs> and so we end up, we ended up, you know, going back and forth, revising and revising um, and duplicating work. So I think the thinking, the, uh, the logic um, is something we need to brainstorm with the brands. Uh, yeah, during the process. And also um, brands need to understand coming up with good name is just, you know, first step actually naming process is a dynamic changing process um so with a i think uh you know the uh, business and trademark registration that process <laughs> that is you know <laughs> back and forth yeah that's very very uh it's like you have a good name maybe you didn't you 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 didn't register today someone else did it then you you have nothing so it's really uh, a process you, you you need to get super prepared you need to have really a long list of names and you need to have your preferences in, and you rank them and you go check one by one and just don't have always think you are the lucky one who always have your you know favorite name in the end mm -hmm. and it's it's a process of compromising yeah yeah and that you know that's a process that you do for the brands as well checking whether the name is taken or not on the before you know that's yeah. that's part of the part of the process and it, and i know it can be very disheartening when things are are taken yeah. but um that's why trademarking is so important um and doing it quickly once you and, and i guess that's also to your point about um doing it with a strategy. So not just doing the name on its own, you know, yeah, making sure that you have that strategic perspective for China, but at the same time, not waiting too long since you've been in the market too long. Yeah. You know, I think, I think um, as you ideally, as you're introducing yourself to the market, you have a strategy, you know, you have a market entry strategy and at the same time you create that name. Um, yeah, I think that's all, all part of it part of the protest. So why do you think some brands go in and they don't have uh, Chinese names and they don't create Chinese names? What's what's behind that? Well, I'm sure there are um, different scenarios. Um, so take Charlotte Tilbury, for example. A, I feel like the name itself is a you know, complete person's name. Mm -hmm. um, a Chinese name by large chance would be you know, phonetic translation of that name. Mm -hmm. So in essence, it's not difficult to do. Oh, and it's oh. not that urgent because people understand this is a person's name uh, and this is a, you know, cosmetic expert or someone important. <laughs> so they understand even, they, even though they probably can't pronounce it. Um, and, but, and as long as you have, you know, enough UGC or social content to promote uh, a simplified version of it, like CT. Mm -hmm. um, so you are you are fine, but I think it's natural for brands to have a Chinese name when their business uh, enters a you know rapidly growing stage. Um, so it's, I mean, they have their different thinkings behind this. Um, but for like for niche newcomers. Uh, they probably can't, you know, really feel the difference with or without a Chinese name because the business volume is low. 
so they can't really tell mm -hmm. if this this works or not so they don't see it as urgent mm, yeah i think the charlotte tilbury example is an interesting one and as you said yes you could have created a phonetic chinese name for her but at the same time i can completely see why that wasn't the path that was chosen and with her the the sort of nickname of ct is something that is everywhere right like when you look yes. at chinese channels that's what Chinese people call the brand um, and so that works very nicely in that case but I think there are lots of other examples of brands that haven't got that have more technical names or just a just a not a person's name that haven't done it haven't done this process in China and to your point about you know a niche brand not feeling it feeling the difference yes of course because you can't do an a b testing on this right like you either have one or you don't have one so um i feel like from my perspective it's something that brands should absolutely have and if they if they go through the process they get it they get the name they use it and then they find that actually their english name is is easier to pronounce or easier for people to remember than they thought then that gets picked up and, and used more, but at least you have it because, you know, there are millions and hundreds of millions of people that don't speak English, yeah. will never speak English and will still be your target audience for your product. So I think um, I, I think that's something that, that brands should really, really look at. And in terms of the stage of which brands, we sort of talk, we've talked about this a little bit in terms of um, how early they should do it. Do you think it's a pre-market entry thing or once they're already here in the market, what, what's your feeling on that? Uh, nowadays, we observed more and more brands when they start to enter in the market, they get them prepared with the um, Chinese name. I think that is really smart because um, when you get an official Chinese names in all the occasions that you uh, that the brand have presence, you can have it um, presented with the English name. So to have like creating a visual expression that this brand is officially entering, it's prepared to the market. Um, Especially when, like, mm. it, uh, unless the brand is taking almost like a testing stage at the market, otherwise, I think having a Chinese name is always helpful in this market. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And so, what are some examples of Chinese names that you that you love of foreign brands that you think really work very well? Uh, uh, I'd like to name some of the. Chinese brand names that when we discuss it comes to our mind earlier than the English names. Um, so I, I would say that that's a way that we would consider that name is pretty successful. Yeah, yeah. Um, some classic examples would be uh, Lamette's Chinese name, Hailan Zhimi. So it's um, it like uh, it adds a, a, a level of mm -hmm. um, meanings to its English Chinese. It actually means um, the mystery of, of the sea, yeah, of the, the blue, sea. blue sea. So it's connected to um, how the brand uh, presented to the Chinese consumers and it's had the death of a luxury skincare brand that want to carry. Um, at the same time, the expression is poetic, it's beautiful, but at the same time, it's very um, easy, it's very readable. Yeah, uh, everyone can quickly get it. Um, a similar um, example would be 
uh, Claire de Pep, like it actually has a um, nickname is CPP, CPB, sorry, it's Claire de Pep, yeah, Claire de Pep, yeah, yeah. Beauty, yeah. And its official Chinese name is Jifu Zhi Yao, so it's the key to skin, to beautiful skin. So it's re reflected the meanings in this French name. Uh, at the same time, it's expressed in this um, like direct yet poetic ways. Those two names, those two Chinese words are um, consisted in a similar way um, that capture the essence of Chinese names. At the same time, they've re reflected the meanings that want to be expressed in the English name. They're all four character names um, from the semantic and contextual mixing approaches that, from those two names. Um, the other names that we constantly see, uh, remember is Oshudan, um, Lossidan. Yeah, that's also a great name. Um, and uh, Skin Centrico is called Xiolike. Yeah, Xiolike. Yeah, so those names, it's more um, phonetically connected yeah. in its English names. Um, but at the same time, it has different meanings. Dif the characters carry different meanings into it. For example, Lossidan is called Oshudan. So O means Europe. So it kind of expressed the origin of the brand, but in a broader ways. And it has this relaxing, soothing, this, um, this kind of uh, meanings behind those characters. Xiolico um, just feels like it's a brand that's um, regenerate your skin. It's very effective in this beauty efficacy. And it's all like implications from those uh, Chinese characters. And that reflect perfectly in how the brand, the product stands out in the market. Mm, um, yes, it's, it's so important when you can get that balance between the between the personality and the well, the, the meaning of the brand across through that through those characters, and also it's interesting the ones that can pull it off with um, phonetic as well, like having that phonetic link. It's not. It's definitely not always the case. Um, as with La Mer, it's not the case. But um, yes, that that helps in a way a little bit for consumers if they can have some sort of phonetic link. I think. Yeah. Yeah. It's. Um... The, those names are um, it, it, like naming is a process of creation. So there's no um, like one way answer to why those names works, but the, the, they turns out to be great names that fits the brand and its um, original English names. They they are connected very well. Um, but and the, those names that I just mentioned are like has enriching um, meanings into those words, but there are also some names that take a more like a direct route also works really well uh, because each name means that the, I would say the topic itself, um, the English name is different. So they, we need to find ways that um, it's the best fit to the topics that we want to, the names that we want to uh, give. For example, uh, Aesop. Aesop is like Aesop is from Aesop's fable is the same word and the English name, Chinese name is, is, is so it's exactly um, Aesop's Fatal's Aesop's Chinese name. Mm. Exactly those two characters. Mm. It works well. It's yeah. perfect. It's just the it, sometimes the easiest, the most direct, easiest route is the best one, and they just take it. It works perfectly. Mm. Um, and another name that we noticed is from a young uh, clean beauty brand called First Aid Beauty. Mm. 
is called Jijiu Meiren, and that's also a great name. So it's, it fits the brand image and it's reflect perfectly to its um, English meanings. Very well connected, so it's a cohesive uh, creation of Chinese. And we found all those names are just so readable and you, you get it in first sight. Mm, it's definitely an art putting together these names. I've uh, I've seen you guys do it. It's it's not easy. It's not easy. And um, but but I think I, I you know as we've said, I think it's something that is very important for brands as they're entering the market to really really consider. So I guess on the final note, are there some trends that you've seen around naming or in general that you wanted to share as a as a sort of end note? Um, well, uh, first of all, I noticed uh, more and more bold approach these years. Because, um, like in the past, like when we um, when we introduce brand Western brands, like imported brands, it's always like uh, at first sight you know it's imported. It's mm -hmm. um it's a foreign brand because it's it has a very exotic. <laughs> <laughs> kind of feeling like Tom, you you translate as Tom Wu. <laughs> Tom Ford. Is it? Tom Ford. Tom Ford is actually its Chinese name is Tom Futer. <laughs> so, but nowadays, like you see more and more uh, foreign brands with a very how to say like uh, universal name. Like um, it stands in Chinese too. So. At first sight, you can't, you don't even notice it's a foreign brand, mm -hmm. and it's poetic in Chinese. Um, I think this is a great sign of the, you know, uh, the level of uh, marketing, uh, you know, has improved over the years. Uh, this is something I noticed. Yeah, I, I would like to. I really agree with what Linda just said. I think on the side note, I would like to mention actually some of the. Um, brand China, the local brands that's in blooming ones, they also have beautiful Chinese names. They have an English name attached to it, but its Chinese name is really powerful. So um, the, the, the trend that um, foreign brands, they kind of have universal names also shown that the consumers, we are um, open to different brands from different backgrounds and that we're more paying more attention to the stories that wants to be expressed by the brand in those names. Um, that's why I think um, how exotic the name itself feels is not the most important considerations that we put in naming them. It's more about it's, uh, it's a cons um, concise reflect of the brand story um, and uh, we like when we create the names, we also go deeper into the language to see whether there are different um, ways that it could come out and makes the brand uh, more appealing in the market. It's a market including, you know, foreign brands and local. Yeah, and I think that's a really um, important point and it links to the general trend in the market of the power of local brands, the, the consumers changing um, sentiment they're moving uh, not away from foreign brands you know still wanting foreign brands but not only foreign brands or not just foreign brands because they're foreign right it's much more about wanting a brand because it's great and the product's fantastic it happens to be foreign or it happens to be Chinese it's sort of choosing what's best and and so that distinction of um, needing to be obviously foreign from your name is completely unnecessary now and and as I think you know 
as you said, the most important thing is the meaning of the brand coming through. So people can really understand what your brand is about because in such a crowded market, um, you know, where marketing is more and more expensive every time we, every time we talk, um, it's, it's something that, you know, if you can get across your core values or part of your core values through a name, I mean, you've already, you're already got a long way there. So. All right. Well, thank you both so much. What a what a great discussion, and I hope it's going to help some brands decide that uh, naming is one of the things that you should do as you go into China, um, not as an afterthought. It's it's very important. Um, so, Linda Ching, thank you so much. Happy happy to chat. Thank you. It's a great discussion. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me in this episode of Clean Beauty Asia, the podcast, with me, Ali Rook. I hope you found the content useful with tips and tricks and takeaways that can really help you move your China journey forward. I always like to hear from my listeners, so please join me on LinkedIn, Ali Rook, or Instagram, Clean Beauty Asia, and I'll be very happy to talk to you more. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.